This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. I'm Susanna Constantine and this is my wardrobe malfunction from my bathroom. You can probably hear the echo. The podcast is about the items we wear and what they mean to us. The good memories, the bad ones, and those that wake us up 3am in the morning howling at the moon for mercy. This is the third episode of season six, which means there's so much to catch up on if you haven't joined us before. Here's Sarah Parrish on her shrinking underwear, William Boyd on his Bavarian jackets, and Lulu on Posh Girl's hair. Later in this episode, we've got another musical treat from our house band duo, a beautiful track from their brand new album, Gig in Your Garden. But let's get to today's guest. She's been in more than a hundred TV dramas and movies, thousands of West End performances, dozens of radio plays, written two autobiographies. But this is her very first podcast. It's the glorious Dame Sheila Hancock. So let's grab the handles, open my wardrobe doors and find out what's inside. Dame Sheila Hancock, how are you? I'm all right. Well, I'm as all right as anybody else, quite honestly, in this horrible situation. But yeah, I'm fine. Have you been vaccinated yet? Have you? Yes, I have. Your... Yes, I have twice. But I've been warned. I've got a thing called rheumatoid arthritis, and oh, I yeah. take a lot of autoimmune um, injections and things. And they warn me that possibly they may cancel out the vaccination. So I still have to be very careful. So, yeah. But I, I, you know, they're doing clinical trials about that now. So, well, well, no. I mean, I think the fact is, up until now, they've only been injecting healthy people and the tests. So now they're going to see how it affects all the people with various illnesses. And are you, um, are you at home alone or do you have someone, someone with you? No, I'm at home alone. I'm at oh, home. Sheila. Totally alone. Yeah, it's very difficult. But I am supposed to be delivering a book, which I, I've done a lot of looking at blank pages. Oh, my goodness. Tell me about it. Oh, I don't. I, had a, I, I, I must say, it does affect your mind, doesn't it, really, this whole situation? The fact that I'm usually meeting girlfriends and having chats yeah. and... You know, and working, working. I mean, yeah. my whole discipline is built around work, really. I mean, that's my schedule. So mm. without it, I have no schedule, and and I I don't know how to do it. I just I wander around. But do you find with the writing? Because I'm I'm starting like you with your third autobiography. I'm starting my third novel. 
And one would think, oh, this is the everyone goes, oh, this is the perfect time for you to start. Yeah. I mean, forget it. There's always something else to do. I don't know what, you're so right. There's something in the, I don't know what it is, but I just, I can't find the motivation or the will to, to do, do it. Yeah. And also, I usually, I have a house in France, um, a little very primitive house in France, and that's where I usually write. I mean, I've written five books so far, and, and or this is my fifth, and I've always written them down there where it's very secluded and my neighbours sort of are there, but we don't interfere with one another, and I and nobody phones me very much because they think I'm on holiday, and in fact I'm not, you know. Mm. So I haven't been there since last March. And Whereabouts in France is it? It's in, in, in an area called the Vaucluse in Provence. Oh, I know. I know really well. We, we used to have a little house in, um, well, my parents did, um, in uh, near Saint-Rémy, Mosan, which isn't so far away. But I remember Vaucluse, the amazing antiques fair there. Uh, yes, that's right. Yes, is the sort of centre of the antique place. And, mm. and I live in a funny little village, a little hammer, in fact. And uh, yeah, and I, I can't get there, which is uh, awful, awful, because mm. I do feel I'm sort of dual nationality, really. I love mm. the French bit and I miss it. And so with your writing, I didn't realise that you actually written five books. Um, yeah. If you were told, OK, you can have writing or acting... Which one would you choose? Oh, I, I now, got now, now, okay. yeah, acting, acting, because I just like to be with my mates. You know, it's a solitary business writing, and I, I, I would give anything to be. And in fact, hopefully, I will be in May. There's something scheduled, and we'll go with that. But I miss terribly also the fact, you know, when you get old, it's very easy to get into the trap of talking about nothing but hip replacements, you know, and rheumatoid arthritis and all that. And thank God in my job, I meet young people who really are very bored with that. So mm. I, do, I find I'm talking about other things with them. And mm. I miss that. I miss that. Mm. I, and I miss my young grandchildren. I Zoomed yesterday with one grandchild who's in Cardiff at the moment at drama school. And uh, we had a good old moan. And it was lovely. Mm. It was lovely. But I want to, you know, I do want to be with them. It's not the same. These, mm. It's wonderful, all this technology. God knows how people survive without it and mm. how we all would have survived without it. Mm. I mean, you know, mm. it would have been dreadful, the isolation and how you get the message across. Mind you, so much of the message is lies. We might have been better off without it. But uh, mm. yeah, it's a funny old situation. It really is. But were you were you kind of au fait with technology before this, or has lockdown kind of forced you to um, become an expert ish? Well, it's been hard. It's been hard work because, like anybody of my age, we didn't even have computers, you know, I mean, or calculators or any of those things. <laughs> you know, so, uh, and now I am much more into social media than I was. I mean, mm. I didn't. I always rather ignored it I thought it was rather boring the idea when when you can meet people face to face why uh, I used to go out with some of the young companies occasionally when I was working and they'd be looking at their phones or photographing or something and I used to say look for God's sake be here now oh I'm here talking don't stop talking <laughs> yeah. to this person on the phone it now it's wonderful mm. but it is bonkers I mean I can have a 
it's kind of like I find with my children who are probably similar similar age to your grandchildren and not the elder ones now, they've kind of grown out of it. My youngest daughter, she will have a friend when we were allowed to in the in the they'd be in the room together yeah talking on their bloody phones to each other it's like I know for God's sake you're next door to her I know but it's their yeah. world I mean you know we've yeah. got to accept it that is their world and thank heavens you know that's the way they're meeting their mates now with all the mm. gaming and all that otherwise they'd not have any playtime at all mm. would they I mean no, I, exactly. I work a lot in education I'm very involved with education and uh what, what's happening in the schools is terrifying. You know, That's I mean, the awful. children are so confused and the teachers mm. are worked off their asses. And mm. It's really, really terribly difficult. Mm. So that's no, the worrying thing for the future. We've got, to, we've got to sort that out. Yeah, I think I totally agree with you. I think it's the most important thing is to, to get that um, sorted. But um, so you've just been... Um, Honoured with the damehood, haven't you? And you, I read somewhere that you said you were lowering the tone of dames, for goodness sake. That's what oh, I do. I do rather feel that. I'm not the sort of, I never, I, I mean, it's taken me completely by surprise. And I was a bit, ups, well, not upset, obviously, but worried about it when I was told, obviously, before it was announced, a couple of months before, or a month before, I think it was. And I thought, oh, God, this is so embarrassing because I really don't deserve it. And I'm, I'm not the right type. You, normally, it's sort of rather grand people that get damehoods. And, uh, and I felt really bad about it until it was announced. And I got this avalanche of mail from all sorts of people saying, why didn't it happen before and things like that. And I thought, my God, people actually think I deserve it, which is... So I thought a lot better. I mean, that still, mm. there must be other people who are thinking, oh, for heaven's sake, it's so embarrassing, these terrible, awful working actresses, which is what I've always considered myself being honoured. But I think part of it was I do do quite a lot of work um, apart from my acting job, and I think maybe some of it was for that. But But I was embarrassed by it. But then I looked at the list, and it was a wonderful list, actually, this year. It was very multicultural. It was very ordinary people it was very it was kind of different I don't know whether you noticed and I did feel I was I fitted in better with the lot this year than I would have done other years do you know what I mean yeah and grander yeah. actresses got it yeah but it's it's wonderful and it opens doors you know in in the manner of for my charities you know if you put a dame in front of it it seems people are more willing to give you money so of course that's the only yeah. time I use it I don't use yeah. it yeah in real life so Sheila you're kind of quite well known for not really giving a monkeys about clothes so if you were going to go to the palace which you will do at some point have you do you even consider or have you considered what you might wear well I I did go to the Paris, Paris oh, yeah for CBI oh. for, for my CBE um which okay. I got before this and uh and I borrowed clothes I think for that I uh, I, I borrowed a hat certainly there's a wonderful shop around the corner that loans out hats, and I borrowed oh. that. And I can't remember what I wore, quite honestly. I mean, I really am not in the least bit interested in clothes. I think it's partly because it's my profession to dress mm. up. Do you know what I mean? Mm. And, and I, I am interested when I'm playing a character that I get the shoes right, and, the, and, and I depend an awful lot on designers and people. I, the only time I 
almost ever go shopping is with the designers on televisions and theatre shows. I go with them and they pick things out and then I buy them after the show if they fit me. Like I did a show yeah. called Delicious where I wore really lovely clothes and I bought them afterwards for a reduced price after the show finished. And I've done that all my life. If, if something suits me, then I buy it. I love secondhand shops. I got mm -hmm. I got a, a series coming up uh, that I think starts in March, and you'll see I wear it. It's, a, it's on a canal boat, and I think all is that unforgotten. No, no, no. Oh. The unforgotten. I am wearing these terrible old uh, corduroys that I'm wearing now, <laughs> which I've had for about. And it was perfect for the part. And a terrible jumper of John's. A very, very old jumper of John's. Because I wanted oh, to look me. like a sort of intellectual lying in bed who doesn't give a damn. So I, I thought mm. corduroy baggy trousers were the perfect thing. And I've got them. I mean, I've now lost a lot of weight, so they're miles too big for me. But I live in them. I live in them. They're so comfortable. Um, and I... I, I in Edinburgh, I'd, um, I had a film called Edie that opened in Edinburgh Festival. And while I was there, I discovered that they have the best secondhand shops in the world, I think. Really amazing. And I bought a load of stuff there, including, or in one corner, there was a pile of sort of things in bags. Right, right, I can show you. I know it's a podcast but there you are that is not a pile of clothes okay Sheila is holding up like a little red shoe bag but there Maybe are a lot, lot of them now. a lot of them and okay, inside is a Macintosh and it's an original Mary Quant Packamac you know multi no. thing so I bought the lot I think there were about 10 of them which <laughs> the folk had picked up in some factory or something and I gave them to all my grandchildren and they wear them on their bikes. But oh. fabulous, fabulous stuff. And it cost me nothing. And I got this vintage piece, which I love. And I wear it on the show, actually, because it's great on a canal because you can use your arms, you know. Um, and I just, I, I just find it easier to, to shop that way and think that I'm doing something. I mean, I... I it, it is partly ethical in as much mm. as we must stop buying cheap frocks that we wear once and then put into landfill. It is mm. a disaster. Mm. I'm glad to say that all my grandchildren now stopped that when they realised, A, how those, how those clothes are obtained, usually in underpaid workers. Pay, pay, that's why they're so cheap. And also they just throw them away. Whereas if I do buy anything, usually, as I say, something I've worn on a show, I pay a lot of money for it because it lasts forever. You know, good stuff lasts a very long time and doesn't mm. lose style, strangely mm. enough. Most of them mm. stay sort of classical, you know. But you, you're, you're someone, you've always been someone, you say you're, you have no interest in clothes, but you have, and I might be totally wrong, but you seem to have a painterly eye because you love colour and you always wear colours that suit you. So, for example, the top you're wearing now is this beautiful kind of petrol blue, which is the same colour as your eyes. No, it but isn't. I... It's green, actually. It's distorted. Oh, well, I can't freaking well see. But, well, it's but it is like... looking blue. It is looking blue. It's the yeah. lighting on this thing. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I when I buy clothes that I've used in the show, 
they've usually been chosen by the designers because they <laughs> match my eyes or whatever. Do you know yeah. what I mean? And I think yeah. I have a, sen- a sort of sense of style. If I have to make the effort, if I go on a television show or something like that, then I have a kind of now, thank God I should do at my age, know what suits me. Do you know mm. what I mean? And, and I am fortunate that I've always been, I'm less tall now because I've shrunk, but I'm tall and slim. <laughs> and that's mm. a big advantage, you know, for clothes. And, and designers mm. usually like shoving things on me because mm. they, in fact, one of the problems has always been if I'm playing a shabby part is to make me look very shabby because immediately if you're slim, things look quite good on you, you know. But I just, I hate shopping from the depths of my soul. I, my grandchildren, I buy them clothes. I love them because they do think I've got good taste and, you know, and I, I help them choose. But what I do, is my favourite is to go to a shopping mall, which, of course, we can't do now. And I sit in a cafe and they put things on and come and show me. And then I say <laughs> no or yes and give them a <laughs> Do you know what I mean? But I, I, would know, I went into Topshop once. I thought I'd die. I thought I was going to die. The noise of the music, trying to find somebody to speak to and trying to find your way out. I mean, I couldn't find the exit. And I said, what happens if there's a fire, Lola? We'll never get out of this dreadful place. But it was, uh, uh, oh. oh, I can't do it. I can't do it. I really but can't. You know, I, Sheila, I've got to say, I mean, my profession has been in supposedly fashion, although I don't consider it that. I think I consider what Trini and I did as more kind of psychological yeah, yeah. dressing people. But um, I, I am so with you. I would rather chew off my left arm than go into a shop now. And I, I buy everything online, and I now... I don't do vintage shopping so much, but I buy everything on eBay and I click the used button and everything is used that I buy. And my God, so I might go on to, it's amazing. So the other day I was looking for this Cardi, which I really love and um, it's quite expensive. And I thought, well, I'll just see if it's available on eBay. It's quite new, you know, it's kind of come out quite recently. And so I typed it in, lo and behold, there was the cardigan it was three hundred pounds new, and I got it forty. Wow. wow! Oh, that's pleasing, isn't it? That is really isn't that amazing. That that's... is good. My friend, my, one of my Very grandchildren, good. Lola, she she had a wheeze. I don't think she does it now because she's too busy. But she used to go to all smart areas like Chelsea and places like that, and buy things in their secondhand shops, and then model them on 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 her little website and sell them sell them on and she made quite a bit of money by doing that because she got them at a reasonable price they were usually designer pieces um because she's got a very good eye but but i I just i love the idea of people using clothes if if it's a beautiful piece if if it's a designer piece or something like that i mean having said that i don't like design i remember when i was very very young and i i was hitchhiking around europe and um you know, sort of obviously didn't care a damn about clothes. And for some reason, I don't know why, I got invited to a Jacques Faf, you know, a great designer, a great French designer, fashion show. I think they, why they were handing out tickets to this fashion show, I think it was some hostel had managed to get hold of it. Anyway, I traced along there in my awful espadrilles and, and shorts. And I saw Couture for the first time. Wow. And it absolutely 
stunned me. And I, I have, and that, and that marvelous exhibition they had of um, McQueen. Mm, what, amazing. Did I mean McQueen? Yeah. Yeah, Alexander McQueen. And you look at the incredible skill of the people that have made it and design and and, and especially couture when it's over the top, not for wearing in mm. the street, but just a piece of art, you know? Mm, exactly. That I really admire because I love art. I collect pictures mm. of art. And, and I, I just, so that, if I could afford that, I would be shopping all the time. <laughs> But I have one piece that um, is a Giorgio Armani um, jacket that I bought. For, I think I was nominated. I'm always being nominated for things, but I was nominated for something. <laughs> I never win them. I just get nominated. And uh, and I and I bought this thing, and it was several thousand pounds, which seems absurd, but I I don't know why. But I freaked out and I bought it. This is years ago, and it's still hanging in my wardrobe. <laughs> And I can't wear it now because it's so heavy. It's all diamante and bits on beaded. the edge. Mm. Yeah, beaded. And it weighs me down. But I do look at it occasionally and think, that is beautiful. That is mm. really, as a piece of work, as a mm. piece of craftsmanship, that is mm. so amazing. So mm. I do appreciate fashion. I really, I'm not knock, knocking fashion. But I'm just saying, for me, I, being in fashion is has always been the least important thing in my life. It mm. really has. I mean, I did go into mini skirts. I did buy Mary Quant. I did, you know, which is why I was so thrilled at buying that secondhand Mary Quant. And I did you know, shop <laughs> in the King's Road. When, but that was partly in the 60s mm. because I was I was doing a lot of work <laughs> and I was in the public eye. And I, it was part of my job to mm. look in trends. Do you know what I mm. mean? Mm. But I didn't really enjoy it. Not really. How would you feel if someone said to you, because um, I know from my mother-in-law, she just really pisses her off. But if someone said to you, oh, Sheila, you look, you dress so well for your age. Just, what? How does that strike you? That Well, I, I'd say thank you, but I don't know what, quite what it means, really, mm -hmm. because... I mean, I there are certain things that have altered with age. I don't show a lot of arm or bosom because it offends mm. me because it doesn't look very nice. I don't care what other people think, but I don't mm. like the look of it. Um, but I still wear jeans. I still wear mm. all the things that I wore when I was young, really. Mm. And I suppose that's partly because I've never been particularly interested in clothes. I've always, yeah. I mean, I look like a bag lady now. I mean, I'm in my <laughs> element. I'm in my element with this i really am i go about with it i've got a woolly hat which i will show okay, you let's see it pop it on this woolly hat oh now this there's a history to this okay. um, years ago i was working in leeds on a television and it was freezing cold and the floor manager had a hat like this on and i kept saying oh god that is so good that hat because it looks nice and yet it looks all cosy and all that. Anyway, on the last day, of the, and he said, well, my mum made it. On the last day of the shoot, he came along. His mum had made one for me. I never <gasps> met her, but he'd oh. made one for me. And I've worn it ever since. And it's marvellous. So that is, I wear that partly to keep my hair out of my eyes because my hair's all straggly. I wear these filthy old corduroys. Stand up. Let's see. Can you stand up and show me the corduroys? Well, 
if I say that they're ki- they're killed oh. up by a bill. Okay, when did you get those? Oh, oh God. God, it was in some show about ten years ago. Okay, they're, I think those those are fab. Yeah, I, I love like them. I love them, but they are miles too big for me. I was obviously bigger yeah. in those days, but and then I wear a sort of jumper, and I wear what was, and this is a, 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 a test of, of of paying good money for things. My my dear husband John Thor, when he did Morse oh, and things yes. like that, they got his mm. clothes from Zenya in in Bond Street. Marvelous male designer, mainly. And we got to know them very, very well. And I used to go in with him occasionally. And they started a women's line. And I was looking for a warm jacket. And there was this, what looks like, what, what do you call those quilted jackets? Looks like. Oh, a puffer. Yeah, or looks like you. a puffer, a rather elegant yeah. puffer. Yeah. And it, it was hugely expensive. I can't remember, but it was much too expensive for a puffer jacket. And the bloke in charge said, Sheila, you will never regret it if you buy this. Mm. It's lightweight, incredibly warm, and you, you and also cool in the, you know. On, anyway, I bought it. I bought it. And he was right. And that's yeah. what I wear now with my corduroy oh. trousers. I wear it. And it must be 20-odd years old, this jacket. And the thing I always wear is, well, mainly wear is this chain because it's got, the wedding ring of my first marriage and my second marriage and my mum and my dad. And I have oh. that around my neck normally and, and, a, and a life um, cross that I picked up in Egypt with John. And that, I, and I look honestly like a bag lady. It's a wonder nobody has taken me into social services because <laughs> it's, and I wear, I, wear, I got my mask on. Oh, and again, <laughs> in the sun. I've got a massive hat that I did wear in the 60s. I'll show you that, too. I'll show you that. Oh, my God, you are such a scream. <laughs> I, I get cold sores, okay? So I have to shield myself from the sun. This hat is <gasps> with my mask oh my in the God. sun. And this was I wore in the 60s. Malliard it is. It's... Um, it's a very trendy hat, and, they, and his designs are now in uh, the Victoria and Albert. And it, I just wear it as a sun hat. So that Stunning. is my costume, which people do a double take on. And I do get a lot of people saying, are you Sheila Hancock? <laughs> no, you can't possibly be. <laughs> or were you Sheila Hancock? <laughs> so how big is your wardrobe? I mean, physically, does it take up a whole wall? Is it? A yeah, room it does. Or is t- it, it does take up a whole wall, but that shoes, okay. jumpers, television in the middle of it, and a hanging space is about two foot wide. Okay. And and shelves and some. Sh- okay. And do you have some in a box under the bed or something, or is everything you own in that wardrobe? Oh no, I I do have another wardrobe in another room that is dressy clothes. Yeah, but that's the clothes that I bought. You're trying to tell me you're not interested in clothes, and now we find out that Sheila Hancock has a whole room dedicated to clothes. No, these are all clothes <gasps> that I've had to buy for BAFTAs and personal appearances and things like that. Okay. And I've worn them once. Yeah. I've been a designer. I can't remember. I did write it down because I thought you might ask me. I've lost a piece of paper. Um, they're Welsh. Leicester. John... Um, they make marvellous fabrics. Yeah. Patricia Lester. 
Oh, yes, yes. Beautiful. And I've got a couple of those. And one of those I have worn several times because it's so easy to wear. It's a very thin red velvet and very flowy and nice. Mm. So that's good for, for posh occasions. But I haven't bought a posh occasion frock for years. These no. are all 20 years old, 20 years old, something like that. And they've all been bought. I remember having an argument with the tax people. Because you can get an allowance as an actor for clothes if you if they're worn for a special occasion and not worn for your own use. Mm. I remember him saying, "Well, you wear that for your own use." I said, "Well, I I never go to parties. I don't never mm. dress up. It's obvious that I bought that for a one-off occasion, and uh, would mm. wear it for anything else." Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plushcare. Plushcare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. I'm feeling that you and I are separated at birth when it comes to clothes. It's funny because I... I I mean, I've literally... I've put on a nice nice top for you today. This is a kind of cheap and cheerful one, but I've worn it to death. Um, But I'm so with you on that. And, and, And there's something also that... I read about you, Sheila, is that John, your wonderful, gorgeous, lovely husband, he didn't give a damn about what you wore, did he? No, he really didn't. He really didn't. He barely noticed. Mm. He barely noticed. I, you know, if I was wearing anything new or... He, he would... Because he, he, he knew I would be nervous if it was a premiere or anything like that. And he would then occasionally say, oh, that's a nice frock. Frock, yeah. it's called them. <laughs> Um, but no, no, he didn't. But he, he, when he died, I discovered that he'd got so many suits. We had another house in the country at that time. And when I went down there, I realized there was a wardrobe for that he'd never told me about. Mm. And he used to do the same as me. He never shopped, but he would go with the designer from Morse or Sweeney or whatever. And then at the end of the show, he'd buy them. And he knew that if he told me, I'd say, what have you bought that for? <laughs> he did Kavanagh, which was a thing about mm-hmm. a barrister. I and remember that, yes. the wig and the gown and everything. And I said, John, when, are you, when is the occasion that you're going to wear this? <laughs> but I don't know. I suppose it was just a sort of memento of the past. Yeah. And do you still have all his suits? No, I gave them, I gave most of them away um, to the, a theatrical society. And I had a wonderful experience. I went to a party at uh, St. James's Palace given by Prince Charles for a theatrical organization. And an old bloke came up to me and said, 
I'm wearing one of John's suits. Yeah, fabulous. So that was How? just so lovely. And they also, Xenia were very kind and they altered some of the suits for my for my son in laws. And they did mm. three of them as a gift, you know, and that was that was mm. great. I love your attitude towards dressing and I love the fact that you are a bit of a style icon to your grandchildren. You don't think that about yourself, but you you know, there is something about you, Sheila, that is inherently elegant and maybe it is because you are tall, tall and willowy with fantastic cheekbones it's like you almost could put on a bin liner and look pretty good well I, I do know what suits other people I mean I'm, I am quite good with my grandchildren you know I can choose things that make them look really good things that they wouldn't dream of getting themselves you know? mm. And so they trust they trust my opinion on that because very mm. often I've suggested something and they've gone, ooh, I don't know. And then it's become their favourite thing in the world. Yeah. yeah. So basically you are the kind of woman who would rather spend uh, money on a, washing, a new washing machine than a new dress. No. No, I wouldn't. I, I, I would get no pleasure in buying a new washing machine. I'd rather buy a picture. Oh, okay, okay. You see, I would rather have a. I would. I've just got a new. Had to replace a washing machine, a dishwasher, and it's the most exciting thing ever. And I, I am in love with this washing machine because it's so quick. And I would so much rather spend my money on that than some bloody bit of clothing. Yes, well, I would. There are a lot of things I would rather buy than clothes, mm. and not an awful mm. lot. A book, a picture, mm. um, a carpet. I'm just looking round. Uh, you know, all sorts of things. I bought a carpet mm. for two of my grandchildren the other day. One of these beautiful Afghan carpets, and that mm. was fabulous. You know, I loved mm. buying that because it's beautiful. Mm. I love something that involves craftsmanship and skill. I I hate this fashion for cheap throwaway fashion mm. i think it's bad for the children i, I you know mm. not to care about the work that's gone into things to to mm. respect the people that, that are, mm. are the makers you know but i think they are i mean i think that that funnily enough that generation i'm sort of talking 20s and a sort of late teens mid 20s they they seem to be very conscious of that now, which is fantastic. And and um, you know there are all these sites like Depop, and I mean my children they they never ever buy anything new. It's all second hand clothing, and they they all look like you. They all look like bad ladies, <laughs> bad bad boys, or bad I ladies. Know. And I love them for that. And I'll just say, okay, well, that that's so great. You dress like that, but just put you know I might get them for a birthday or something like. A, a nice ring or a great pair yeah. of earrings or yeah. a pair of, um, you know, nice shoes. And then yeah. just wear wear all that, you know, wear the tat, and, but wear it with one nice thing and they look fabulous. Yeah, I did that. I, I bought mm. a silver chain for a grandson of mine and because I, yeah. I I know that that age they get into jewellery and, and, uh, and a ring for one of my grandchildren. And, and yeah. uh, I, I, that's good. Things that are going to last and, you know, be a part of their life, I think. Are yeah. But, but no, you're right. The youngsters have got a completely different attitude now. Mm. The ones that mm. I know are, are definitely very vehement against cheap clothes. Mm. And that a lot of them are, are dressing secondhand completely. Mm. 
So where do you find, what kind of art do you like? I know this has got nothing about clothes, but I'm interested because I'm, I'm, I've discovered this artist, which I'm so excited about. But so what kind of, um, what kind of things do you look out for? And where, where do you find them? Well, I, I may, they've mainly accumulated over the years and it's been when I could afford to buy a picture or John could yeah. afford to buy a picture. It's a, it's a complete mess. You know, I mean, it's all sorts of things. Just, I, I love with a passion, every one of them. I've never bought mm. a painting for value or anything. Mm. They're not massively valuable anyway, but they all mean something to me. That mm. was the first picture that we ever bought together. That was the first picture I ever bought alone. Do you know what I mean? And they're mm. all rather good, actually. I mean, mm. and I've got a girlfriend, um, um, Helen Cottrell, who, who is a really good artist. And uh, mm. I bought some of hers. And I can't, I can't, it's a very varied taste very varied mm. so do you have any i love the fact that you have memories attached to all your paintings is there is there any item of clothing that you have a memory like that attached to well my necklace of course your necklace and, yeah uh, uh no not really not really i mean they're mm. memories of shows usually because i've worn mm. them in a show and uh, i sort of vaguely remember the show but uh I'm all for comfort now. You get to a certain age. You know, I, I stopped wearing heels about oh, 15 years ago, something like that. I remember exactly the occasion. I had a beautiful pair of shoes, a lace booties, and it was Sandy Topsy's <laughs> wedding in mm. at the Festival Hall. And I was reading a poem, and I, I had to walk across the stage at the Festival Hall, and it crippled me, absolutely crippled me. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I came up that stage and said, right, and never again. Heels out the window. I will never wear another heel. Mm. That was it. Mm. And, uh, and I stopped. Uh, for years, I, I, heels have always been painful to me. Mm, and they same. do make mm. your legs look better. And, you know, mm. and, and so I've had to wear them sometimes for a show or something like that. I wouldn't dream of looking at a heel now, not in no, a million years. Flat shoes are so gorgeous as well. Yeah, I, they are. I buy most of my shoes in, in Paris, and there's a, a marvellous um, shop there that has these specially soft shoes, and uh, I get them there. In the sale, I go over. But yeah. Anyway, I used to. I bet you can find them on eBay, Sheila. Have a look. Yeah, yeah. Need to try shoes on them. Yeah, no, actually, that is true. You do, but so with it, would you say that your necklace is your comfort blanket? It's the thing that gives you reassurance and well, you know, it's it's, it's it? a very useful bit of jewellery, and as much as there's a marvellous simplicity to it, if you mm. tuck the rings inside, you've just got a gold chain on. I've never looked good in jewellery. I look very tarty in jewellery. <laughs> John used to love buying me earrings and things, and I would wear mm. them, but I always looked awful in them. They were over ornate, do you know what I mean? Yeah, so you're cheap dates. Yeah, sort of, but mm. they were lovely things, and I've given them most of them away now. But, uh, but uh, I, I don't know, I mean, I, a comfort blanket. No, I don't look to clothes for comfort, really. I can't. Oh, I just, I just bought my first cardigans. I've oh, never yeah. wanted to buy cardigans yeah. because they seem frumpy and old ladyish. Do you know what I mean? Twin sets. Twin set 
this is so weird. I've just bought my first Cardi too, which is the one I bought on eBay and I'm in love with it. Sorry, go on. Well, exactly that. I bought, I, I went shopping with one of my daughters and I really needed something to sort of keep me warm when the house got cold and you you know this business of having have all the windows open if somebody comes in and all that and I said oh I might as well get a cardigan but I didn't like the idea darling I have lived in it (laughs) and I'm now searching for another one okay one just hang on I'm going to go and get this cardigan for my um my bedroom because I know you're going to love it hang on a sec I'm coming right back hang on okay Okay, Sheila. Yeah. I'm coming in. Right. Okay, look, can you see? Oh, my goodness, that is lovely. Where did you get that? This is a company called Wise, W-Y-S-E. That's fabulous. Is it hand-knitted? Yeah, it looks like it's hand-knitted, I think. Oh, God. It's just kind of, it looks a bit second-hand, but it's not. It's lovely. But But how much was that for you? Well, this is the one I got for 40 quid on eBay. Oh, my God. And then they go for, I mean, in, you know, proper price, they're about 200 and oh, yeah. or something. Yeah, that is not that How do you do this business of getting, oh, you, you put cardigan in? Yeah, so you go onto eBay, so you put cardigan in, and then if you put WISE, W-Y-S-E, London, and then um, it'll cut. There's not so much stuff from them. And then all just wool cardigan or cashmere cardigan, and they all come up. Right. And then you can put in used. It says condition, and then you click on that, and it comes down, and you put used. Which okay. So I mean, I've got packages coming in every day at the moment. <laughs> I do. Well, I, I. It's a whole new world to me. The cardigan. Yeah. It really is, and it's so useful. It really is. Mm. And it looks oh, all right. right, as long as you don't get beige. Beige is a no-no. When I was blonde, I used to wear a lot of beige, and it looked quite mm. good. But now I look 150. Yeah. You can only wear beige, I think, if you're olive-skinned and dark hair. Yeah. It looks great with white. Yeah. It looks quite good with blondes, actually. Yeah, I guess that kind of camel colour. Yeah. So, th- I, yeah, if you think of someone like Grace Kelly, she looked amazing yeah, in that yeah. sort, sort of, of camely beige as long as it's warm. Um, so is there anyone, Sheila, who you've met who's kind of blown you away star-wise? Is there any anyone who you admire for their style or do you just not notice? Well, it's usually usually people are in the 60s. I did love Quant stuff. And, and what's the lovely um, multicoloured lady who's um, still... Sandra Rhodes. Sandra Rhodes. I oh. loved her stuff and still do. I think that's gorgeous, absolutely gorgeous. I couldn't wear it because it's too vivid for me. But uh, but uh, if I see somebody in it, I love it. I agree. Because that, again, it's like, I mean, her prints are works of art. It's yeah, the same thing. It's going back to fashion as art. When I'm in France, I sit a lot in cafes there. And, oh, I did. And uh, I am amazed at French chic. Do you know what I mean? The, mm. yeah, and it's not a it's not a posh place. It's a, a town called At, which is I know so well. I know it so well. Yes. Well, yes. if you sit in a cafe in At, it's not yeah. your Parisians, not but all. all the women are impeccably groomed. They really are. I mean, my lady that helps me with the house, cleans the house, 
she's her nails are always immaculate. Her hair is nicely done. They do one another's hair and nails. Do you know what mm. I mean? But it's a, it's a weekly thing, and I think that applies to her hair. And they're not overweight. They're, and I sit there thinking, my God, they really are. There's a sheep like you know that um, call my agent thing. Yes, yes, I've just been watching that. Yes, it's great, isn't it? The lead lady in that is the epitome of French sheep. You know, sort of slacks and shirts mm. and but just a kind of edge to it that it's very relaxed it's like men i love men in expensive clothes that look as though they've thrown them on you know jose marino or whatever his name is mm -hmm. mainly italian clothes or tom stoppard mm. is another example mm. of that it's sort of mm. non and nonchalant scarves but beautifully cut suits worn shabbily almost yes. shabby chic you know yeah i love I think, that in women yeah. as well it's, it's so interesting talking to you. I mean, first thing, so we come on, I introduce you on the podcast. First thing you say to me, I have absolutely no interest in clothes. <laughs> you and I have spoken about clothes more than any other guest I've Hi. had on this podcast. And I think you're like the 41st person I've spoken to. Really? And it's amazing how just your view and your take and it just shows that just this will probably be edited out but it, it's just how everyone has an opinion on clothes and it doesn't matter what it is it's it's still going to be interesting and yeah it's largely how it relates yeah. to life isn't it it's mm. how fashion re relates to the way you look at life in a way mm. doesn't it mm. um and if you if you feel worried about the way you look and whether you're appropriately dressed, I mean, it's like you asking me about clothes in old age. I, the, the wonderful joy about old age for me is I don't give a damn. And mm. I will wear drawstring trousers because they're comfortable. Mm. <laughs> you know, yeah. and I don't think anybody should worry about it, but I will go inappropriately dressed to a party or mm. something like that. I suppose. I always have, though. One time, I remember there was a time when I was young, when I, I had a little black cat, and I used to take it out on a lead, and I had oh. a black velvet trousers and top that I wore to parties with my cat on my shoulder. Oh. I mean, can you believe I was ever yes, like I can. I can very easily believe that. That is hilarious. That is just the funniest thing. But I think that... You know, the fact your kind of um, laissez-faire attitude towards clothes, that must come from a confidence. I think if you're not a confident person, then you need, like you were sort of, you touched on, you you, you need to make more effort with your appearance or you want to make more effort. And but well, I, I think mainly it is the 60s, isn't it, that, that changed everything because mm. I was brought up, good working class girl who, who, Dressed very conventionally and uh, school uniform and um, white socks and patent shoes and, you know, all that. And then, then after the war, it was sort of, you know, XRAF jackets and things mm. like that. And, and uh, 
and then this and the and the 60s came and punk and all that sort of thing and suddenly being appropriate was no longer valid and maybe mm. i caught it during that period mm. but you you don't have to i wish people wouldn't worry about the way they're dressed i really do mm. because mm. i know it does cause anguish to some people doesn't mm. it you really know, does so silly yeah so silly. i know so Sheila, have you ever had a wardrobe malfunction or have you just never noticed if you've had one no I've never noticed if I have um no I don't think I ever have really as far as mm. I know or if I have I haven't cared about it you know mm. I mean you? I saw a picture of myself the other day I did an interview for the Salvation Army people I really admire because you know when I was a kid I grew up in p- pubs and the Sally Army girls were so courageous and wonderful Anyway, there's a picture of me. They obviously invited me to a concert because I love brass bands as well. And maybe I was reading a poem or something like that. But I'm sitting next to the head of the Salvation Army and they're all in their bonnets as they were in those days. Look at, And I am wearing a dress with my boobs heaving out of the top of it. And I remember the dress. It was by a designer called John Bates. And he used to make things for me for special occasions. And he really booed because it wasn't right for the Salvation Army, I tell you. And I cringe now to think, and this woman, mm. of course, is looking perfectly happy and the Salvation mm. Army couldn't care less what you wear. But, mm. but I, just, I just thought, no, that was wrong. Oh, Sheila, that is just perfect. But that is, that's a wardrobe. Well, it's a kind of a, a, a wardrobe choice malfunction. Maybe. Actually. So, um, your when's your memoir? Well, the well, the one you're supposed to be working on. It won't you have it, a deadline. Yeah, I do now because they're fed up with waiting for it. Um, I think I've got to finish it by May, and then I don't know when it will be published. But uh, how many more words have you got to write? Oh maybe? well, it isn't that. It's been re- it's been written, but it, because okay. it's about recent times, it got, it's become dated and wrong. The okay. attitudes in it have become wrong, so I've got to rewrite it. I have to. Is it is it become dated because you've taken so damn long to write it? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. And, my, so annoying and I've changed. I've changed since I started, so it's going yeah. to become a different type of book. But but it, which is probably more difficult than starting from scratch, really. But but mm. uh, but I'm getting down yeah. there. I'm looking through. Oh, that's so good. Good. Um, well, my final question. Um, we get well. We're going to see you in. What's the next thing that's coming out on TV for you? Is I'm forgotten. I'm forgotten. Such a great series. Yeah. Oh God, what a series! My goodness, I Love do it. a yeah. lot of rubbish, but my goodness, that was. I was so proud to be in it, and mm. what a team! They've had the same team for the entire series, and mm. it really shows. And and often, if you go on a show as a guest. That can be very alienating, but they're so confident of their ability and everything. They welcome you with open arms. Mm. I loved doing the part, and it was, and they're all brilliant. I, it was a great. Yeah, time. I loved it. Loved it. When does it come out? I I don't know. Yeah. I think yeah. shortly. But I've got. Oh, I did this. Um, Charles Brandreth and I have taken over from Prue Scales and and. Uh, Tim West in the Canal program, you know the Canal. Oh yes, I love that. Yeah, and two of them went out before lockdown, and two we shot during the first lockdown. 
Mm. And they go out, I think, on March the 8th. So, okay. Or one of them goes out on March the 8th. Good. So well, that's coming up as well. Yeah, that's, I'm just always going to be watching what, what you know, mess you're wearing from now on. I'm going to go, oh, look, there she is. She didn't care about that. No, in the <laughs> canal thing, do watch that because mm. nearly everything I'm wearing is secondhand. Really? Okay. This is so. This is fantastic. All right, my love. Well, listen. Final question: Your birthday suit, an outfit that makes you feel fabulous or sums you up. Do you have something like that? Is it your Armani beaded jacket that weighs you down? No, I know. I, I wouldn't say I feel. I think the Lester Patricia Lester frock, the the red velvet one, because it's mm. very easy to wear and it's very unusual. It's very mm. strange design. And beautiful fabric, and I suppose I haven't worn it for a very, very long time. But I think, quite honestly, the most comfortable is good pair of trousers and a nice shirt mm. is where I feel mm. most comfortable. And I do that, yeah. You know, that and I got oh yeah, I got a really nice red vel, um, black velvet kind of dinner jacket in one of those Edinburgh secondhand shops, which I wear with mm. some fitted trousers and a lovely. Um, the Byronic type blouse, and yeah. I do feel quite good in that. Yeah, you see, you are, you don't, you you have no interest in in clothes, but you're very lucky to have innate style. You just pull it off. Doesn't matter what you're wearing, you pull well, it off. Well, not always. Really it's irritating. irritating. <laughs> <laughs> it really is. All right, my love. Listen, Sheila, I, 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 it's. I feel like I've known you all my life. You are just so wonderful I really enjoy this you put me in such a good mood so good well it's nice to meet you just lovely thank you so so much and take care thank you oh Sheila thank you wow she was just wonderful company hope you enjoyed our chat as much as I did Unforgotten starts on ITV on Monday the 22nd of February at 9pm and Great Canal Journeys is on Channel 4 on Monday the 8th of March. Right, before we go, another track from our house band duo's brand new Gain Your Garden album. This is their haunting version of Morricone's Once Upon a Time in the West.
Oh, that was stunning, wasn't it? Find Gig in Your Garden on our show notes or by going to duoguitarmusic.com or at Duo Guitar Music on Duo Socials. Right, before we go, you can find us on our website, mywardmel.com. Follow us at mywardmel on our socials. And if you're feeling really generous, please give us a five-star rating and review us on your chosen podcast platform. That's it. Thanks so much again to the wonderful Sheila and Duo, of course. And thanks to you for listening. Catch up soon. Until then, my wardrobe is officially closed. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.